What's happening, Mrs. Ryan? So much. Hello there. Welcome back. You too. <laughs> it feels like it's been a week, and I think that's because it's been a full week. It's been a whole week? It's been a whole week, Wednesday Jesus, to Wednesday. feel it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My name is uh, Jay Ryan. This is Nicole Ryan, but this is it. Tonight's show. Let's start with the date. Today is Wednesday, June 26, 2019. Uh, our guest tonight is uh, a good one. I don't know how to start there. Comedian, actor. Um, if you don't know his name, you're going to recognize his face uh, from all sorts of things that you watch just because he's that guy. Uh, Alan Havy is here tonight. I've been a fan of his for a very, very long time, going back to the days of Late Night with David Letterman. Um, Mrs. Ryan, you probably know him from Mad Men. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of other things. Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm. A bunch of million, million yeah. different things. Uh, he's going to be in here in just a few minutes. We're going to talk to him. But in the meantime, Mrs. Ryan, how the heck are you doing today? It's been a week. Let's catch up. I am not feeling awesome. Yeah, you look great. Then I'm awesome. No. I'm not saying. But uh, what's up? Can you tell it's us all what's the same. going on with you? Um, I'm in a ton of pain. Oh. But, uh, and I'm just nauseous all the time. Ooh. So that's, you know. Is that new? No, it's just, I always forget to say it because it's just omniscient and omnipresent all the time. Oh my goodness gracious. But, well, you know. a whole different thing. I'm sorry. Getting my brain working normal. Well, kudos on that. Thanks. That's a big deal. Uh, we have a couple things to check in with. Actually, one thing, but we got to check in with it in a couple different places. Oh, yeah? We've got uh, East Coast Feed. Awesome. I know. Time to catch up with the East Coast Pete. Um, maybe we'll just play them and figure it out as it goes. Um, yeah. I don't All really right. have a whole lot of setup for this. We're going to check <laughs> in with Danbury Chive, East Coast Feed, Steve Kaz, over at Richfield BMW. Roll it, out. Mr. and Mrs. Ryan, we got a new one today. Welcome back. It's Tonight Show, people. This is a beautiful GT 4 Series, something or other. But it's got a few things in it. Let's just take a quick look. Let's look inside, shall we? Let's look. What's that you say? Nuts. That's dog food. That's a lot of dog food. That's the entire car full of dog food. It's horrible. Like, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> it's in the headliner. It's in the seats. It's in the subwoofer. It's all over the joint. Got the insurance adjuster here checking it out. It's just, this is as bad as it yet, I guess. Um, maybe it part is total with dog food in it. Who knew, right? That's it. Just want to give you some random love. East Coast Feed coming to you live from the shop with a car full of dog food. Later. Oh, my. That, that must is smell awful. horrible. I can't even imagine. Also, I don't know if that's a, ooh, the bag spilled and it went everywhere, like, because of whatever. Or uh, uh, if it was a prank gone wrong. You know, maybe did somebody fill a car okay. with, and, and we've gotten Whoa. most of it out. You know, I can't figure out exactly what it... But that is disastrous. It's foul. And I love the idea of a car being totaled due to dog food. Never <laughs> heard of it. No, that was like his that. point. That's crazy. That his point. I love it too. Um, okay. Let's see where they are now. Checking in with Brooke and the Kazman. Roll it out. East Coast Speed, Brooke and the Kazman coming to you live from Golf Quest in Brookfield, Connecticut. Because someone's joined the Castaways in the city, the softball team. So she has done her first game. She had four hits. She's never played a day of softball in her life. She's a lacrosse person. And look at this, kicking ass and taking names. Like, who is this chick? I don't even know. She's so damn athletic. Anyway, Brooke and the Kazman coming to you live on a Friday night here in Brookfield. Love you guys. Not bad. Not bad. I'm not a sports ball person. 
So I don't understand all of those terms, but it, she was definitely swinging at balls, some sort of baseball, softball type situation. Yeah, a batting kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that's, I will say this. Uh, the place they were at is called Golf Quest, as he mentioned. Uh, I lived there as a kid when it was, uh, this sounds like so crazy. I remember when it was brand new and built. <laughs> it was with Sarah at the time. My dad had just died, and it was like, oh, look, a fun thing. It was like, a, it, was like a, it, it wasn't just golf. It was everything. They were supposed to have go-karts and batting cages and all sorts of different Like a things. whole amusement. Yeah, area. in a place where there just isn't anything. Brookfield, Connecticut, New Milford, Danbury, Connecticut. There just isn't much there. Very quiet, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was the Danbury Fair when I was a kid, which was like the big state fair, um, where we would see like the Paul Newman race cars and all that stuff. But 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 that's been going since like 1980, <laughs> 85 maybe, <laughs> long time, long time. Oh my! So anyway, it's kind of neat. Um, one more? Do you want to do that today or save it for tomorrow? Save it for tomorrow. Okay. In that case, Mrs. Ryan, it's time to ask the question that's on everyone's mind. What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? There was a study done recently that threw everyone in the study on it on their head uh that that's not that's good yeah uh there this it started small in finland of dropping wallets to see who would return it oh I and this. The, the shocking wonderful news of like how honest people are is what came out it was a study of we'll drop wallets and a social study to see what people do right do they pocket it do they give it back do they take the money all the different things that someone could do and they were studying them right yeah yeah, and they went as far as to like up the dollar amount to see if that would change it, and it only made people turn in wallets more. Oh, up the dollar, uh, what was in it. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's so awesome. it really just was awesome news where like people are more honest than you think. They turn in wallets th- that may just have nothing in it and like just to do good. So that was great news to come out of the study. Yeah. Uh, oh, and that was from University of Michigan. Your alma mater, very nice. So I was super, super excited to read the good news. Um, San Francisco is the first city to ban e-cigarettes. Oh, man, I read that this morning. What do you think? I think it's hard to enforce, but the way they're going about it is you can't send stuff there either to the zip codes of San Francisco. Oh, wow. Wow. That's really something. Yeah, they're they're going hard. I, they're, it's more for, like, the industry of it. And I heard it was really – it's not like a hard line in the sand. It's until there is some sort of regulation, right, until they can figure out how, well, how much damage is this doing, et cetera. It, it seems temporary. It seems like there's a lot of, like, legal – not sure what to do, but they're exploring legal, <laughs> There is a lot of that these days everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> but they're at least taking a stand and saying we're not into it. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, Keith Olbermann, who I don't know a lot about personally, but he was a big and just like, um, he talked a lot of politics and sports. As I recall, yeah, he, as I recall, he was one of the, uh, growing up in Connecticut, he was one of the ESPN guys way back in the day. And then I recall him getting a talk show on like MSNBC or one of those channels. I don't really recall. And, and then at some point he just blew up and became like Mr. Political guy. And I didn't really realize that that was going to happen from him. He's very intelligent. Smart guy. That's all I knew him from, and so the ESPN stuff was like a nice refresher. But all of it to say, like, he's out of all of the games, and just is using social media to like foster saving pets and dogs. 
Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, he's turned a corner like crazy. Well, there was some controversy. I think he lost his show for some reason. Either something he said or did or a Me Too. I don't want to say the wrong thing because I don't remember what it was, but he didn't just step away, right? I don't believe so. Yeah. There, he was part of the hubbub. Not like a Bill O'Reilly, but, you know, same kind of the thing where whatever, he's doing his own thing now, self-producing now. Yeah. So, Either but way. He's using that uh, uh, to he's using that forum of his self-producing to to help uh, animals. Yeah, he's like, it's not about me. He got a dog late in life because he's allergic to them, but he found out that he could be, like have hypoallergenic dogs and stuff. So he sure. feels a new kind of awareness oh. of the animal population, and he wants to share that with everyone. Cool, so he's though, using man. his whatever access he has through social media. He cut out most of it, but he's like still big on Twitter, and he's like just directing people to animal shelters and saving animals. Well, good for Steve, uh, Keith Overman. Yeah, that's lemonade, cool man. General. Lemonade. We're all. I think. I think the lesson I took from this is like we're all screwed up humans sometimes. Like, just do the best you can. And he's doing it, so I want to support that. At the very least, that's a great message. Uh, and lastly, mm. uh, my favorite diner in the valley for sure. But I think it might be my all-time Bob's Whoa. Big Boy is oh, seventy. My. That's your favorite. I love the atmosphere of it, and I have really great memories from there. So the food, mm. it might not be the food, but I have really nice memories of it. Sure. But the one over here in Burbank is turning 70. That's cool. So if you eat there, you can get a 70-cent hot fudge cake, which is their like signature, signature dessert. Do you know uh, if that's the original one? I've always heard, oh, that's the original one, or maybe it's the last of the original ones. I don't really know myself. As far as I know, that's the original that the original was originally Bob's, Bob's Pantry. Oh, look at that. You do know further than I. Yeah. So, and it was there in 1936. So nice. there was a lot of stories of people that have been there a while celebrating 70. Beautiful. Oh, and that's Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yes. Nope, she's not here. <laughs> and that's Ben. What's going on? <laughs> Good job, Mrs. Ryan. Thank Bravo. Uh, that has been the news and what's going on with Mrs. Ryan. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Mr. Alan Havey will be sitting in that chair right there. Don't go anywhere. More to come right after this. There's my key light. <laughs> All right. Well, we are sitting here with Alan Havey. We're back. How are you, Alan I'm Havey? good. I'm good. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me. This is so interesting. This is Letterman's old desk. Yeah, right? now, did you do this? I know you did the show so many times over the years. I do did you remember five, this version? Yeah, I did five on NBC and five on CBS. Wow. So, uh, yeah, no, it looks very familiar. <laughs> uh, I tried to, I got something in the Letterman auction as well. In the auction? Sure, yeah. What was it? I got the band. Oh, you got the band. Yeah, they're living at my home. <laughs> High maintenance, they eat a lot, but uh, nice guys. And anytime I want them to whip something up, like a theme song when I'm going to get milk or something. <laughs> You know, or yeah, I'm going. I'm going in uh, with the wife for uh, some evening coitus. <laughs> I have them play a ballad, <laughs> or if my cat's playing, do something upbeat. You know, it's kind of crazy. Do you remember? I'm going to get you, sucker. You remember that movie? Yes, of course. I, yeah, listen, theme music. with that Life magazine, Mister Nostalgia, Mister oh, Old School. That's me. Yeah, I was alive when that came out. I remember seeing that. Okay. 69. Yeah, 
I played against Sam. I was born in 54. Well, I wasn't implying that you wouldn't remember it or unable to. I didn't know if you knew the movie. It was a part in that where you got If I, if I didn't know music. the movie. I didn't know Woody Allen movie. I'm in the comedy business. <laughs> no, isn't I'm going to get you stuck as the Wayans brothers, isn't it? No, I was talking about played against Sam. Yeah. I'm going to get you I'm going to get you sucker. You know, people reference that all the time, of course, because it's here. And I have never even seen Play It Again, Sam. What? To me, this okay, is, let's stop the show. Get me, out. This is, this is Nicole, a- sit in the host chair. <laughs> go to, go get a VHS of Play It Again, Sam. Did you ever it. see the Aaron Sorkin uh, TV series Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip? Yeah, I was enjoying it for a while. So was and I. And then it was yanked. Yeah. Same here. That because it showed uh, comedy, you know, guys the at the table side. read the dark side. It was fantastic. Agreed. It was my favorite show at the time, and the same thing happened. This was in the Matthew Perry uh, character's office. And you got this in an auction? <laughs> not everything is an auction. Yeah, you you watch television. You go, I want that poster. No, no. But when you watch come Deadwood and life. say, let's buy that horse. <laughs> you know. Uh, if only that that would work. That's not what we're about, yo. All right. Well, I remember from late night to David Letterman. Yeah. Let's just start there. Let's just start there. Well, how can we? Oh, what what reminds us of Letterman? The damn desk. Well, I'm this should have gone to Smithsonian. Of- this should not be in Toluca Lake. They didn't want it. They we tried that. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, that, you know it's what they said? Smithsonian is not uh, is not America's attic or something like that was the response. Um, the Charlie Rose table was going to go there. <laughs> Did you know that? It was on its way, and then uh, now it's at an Applebee's in that... Virginia. <laughs> it lost all its value. I always thought Kevin Pollack was using it now for his chat show. But uh, <laughs> uh, zing. Uh, trying to establish a timeline. What, 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 Why? What, do we have to go linear here? No. Okay, I was to... born in St. Louis. Okay. Is it true? <laughs> yeah. In St. Louis, big Cardinal fan. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I thought New raised, York. No, raised in Miami, and then New York. But I was born. My brother said I was born a New Yorker because I always wanted to go. The attitude. The, I, I guess at eight, yeah, I, more the desire and then the attitude, you know, stuff like that. So that's where I made my bones. Did so you always speak. know comedy? Did you know that? You yeah, knew, I always you knew that you were gonna. <laughs> yeah, I always knew comedy. Did you know that? That's I know from a, where you were gonna go. Oh, I came out of my mother's womb, and the doctors were <laughs> screaming. Here, here's my thing. Nobody knows comedy. Nobody, people have their own opinion of what's funny, what's not, but nobody knows comedy. I mean, I'm not trying to be difficult here, but somebody <laughs> failing. The, yeah. <laughs> well, good. No, keep me on my toes. But you know, you know what I mean. Someone said that to me recently, uh, within the last year, at the table at the Comedy Cellar in New York, and I was in there. I wasn't working that night, but I had like half a martini, gin. So I was feeling a little mean. And he said, he goes, I know comedy. I know what works and what doesn't. And I, I just went, ha! Yeah. I, 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 it was pretty loud. And I apologized later because later, I was arguing with an idiot. But uh, <laughs> he said he knew comedy. You know, Nobody knows comedy. Mel Brooks, Woody Allen, uh, How's- Richie, Ricky Gervais. We all you know, try something we think is funny, and not everything works. It's a know? weird thing to say, that you know comedy. Yeah. Yeah, the more I do it, the less I know. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds like a very adult perspective. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Damn it. It sounds very enlightened, almost like the less you know, the more you know. The more you're willing to admit you don't know. Yeah, but we don't know what we don't know. So we don't know it, because we don't know it. So what the hell? I did read that thing about the wallets, people leaving wallets. Yeah. uh, It's nice that people are empathetic. But also, what kind of neighborhoods were they leaving it in? You leave it in low-income neighborhoods, that money's gone. I read it was uh, like 10,000 different wallet drops all over the world in different places, right? Is that what you... I heard 70,000 oh, wallets 70, all over the world, 40 countries. 
Wow. So it's a lot. I mean, it's yeah. a big survey base. Um, it's not. I think people basically push come to shove for good. You know, with you know many exceptions, and we we see the news, and that's where they put them. You know, <laughs> yeah. so we'll click more, and uh, corporations will make more money. Are you into all that? Are you in the social no. media and the clicking and no. the phones and all that no. stuff? Yeah. I mean, every now and then it? I read it. You know, I put the phone down. Bravo! It's crazy. So easy, isn't it? The phone down. Yeah, it is. Not for a lot of people, but uh, you know, is it the addiction? They're addicted to all the stuff they get out of it. Yes, they are addicted. They're made to be addictive. Uh, and the studies have shown recently that uh, it causes high level of stress hormone in the body. When even when you have your phone next to you, you know, and you hear that ping or you, mm. that anticipation, so we live very stressful lives. But there's more on that gizmo about how to de-stress. You know, when people say they have a meditation app, I go, you, "Oh my god!" You know, you balanced. You it's zero gain right there yep you know you're free basing or whatever that one when you balance it with a high up it's, and a, and it's a good lower. to meditate i've been meditating for about eight years it's been huge is that true yeah yeah but what just made uh, you start what made you go to that three different friends from three different areas of my life told me they had started meditating so i took that as kind of oh that's interesting that's kind of a sign were you able to see the differences in those people from the before and after they started meditating uh kind of yeah enough that you some were willing to change a little bit. Some changed a lot, but uh, you know. Uh, so I started. A, a buddy gave me a disc of an Englishman. I forget the guy's name who talks you through. Mm-hmm. It's not TM. I have my own mantra, and I do it on my own time, and it's really helped. With uh, once a day, once yeah, a day, yeah, once a day. Get up, do the morning pages, to read the artist way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, from that, Julia Cameron's book, I do three stream of conscious. Pages in a, you know, an old uh, composition book that we all had in sixth grade. Or maybe you didn't. I did. <laughs> the black and white ones, yeah, with the Yes, lines. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just go. It's great. It gets out a lot of anger, a lot of stress. You know, it helps. Well, your comedy is, I wouldn't call it angry. And again, I'm probably going back. I don't know what <laughs> lately, but the comedy I grew up with was not so much angry, but edgy. Would edgy be fair? I, you know what? It, that would be your call. I wouldn't call. I wouldn't affix any label to my comedy. I wouldn't say I'm a good or a bad comedian, or an edgy comedian, or contemporary. That's not. Once I do it, it's gone. It doesn't belong to me anymore. Really? Yeah. It's the audience. It's your perception of whatever you've seen, uh, whether it's acting or stand up. I just kind of. You know, like when a painter paints a painting and he puts it out, it's not his anymore. Right. It's everybody's. That, it, that's that been my kind of philosophy. Did you always have that perspective, though? No. Because not everyone shares that no. perspective. No, no, I didn't. This is mine. This is mine. It's my stuff. This is mine. I work so hard. So changed it, yeah. You're going to pay attention now. I didn't get enough attention. You're going to listen to me. <laughs> right. Damn it. That's, the, yeah. I wouldn't call it the normal, but I mean, that, no. there's a lot of people well, out there like and, that. And that's fine. You know, that's normal. You know, but... Uh, you 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 know you get rid of the little boy or little girl or little transgender inside you. <laughs> By the way, I just want to let you know I identify as male. Okay. Unless I'm performing on a cruise ship and it starts to go down, <laughs> then I'm a 12 year old girl from Spain. That's out of the act. I just thought I'd slide it in organically. First on the lifeboat is that the joke there? Or third, you know. <laughs> but as long there, as I'm on, on the lifeboat, my name is Carmen. <laughs> Don't they install lifeboats? You know, if you want to, I'm fluid. I can fluid. <laughs> I can fluid in a time of crisis. A lot of people can't. That comes from meditation. When it's a time of crisis, you can fluid into a 12-year-old girl. 
and just shove old ladies out of your way. So you've got meditation to thank for that. Hypnosis? Yeah. (laughs) What? You ever do hypnosis? No, I don't want to know what's underneath the plywood in the lawn of my brain. You know, in our minds, it's like a big grass field, and it's green and fertile, but there's a big piece of plywood that's been laying on that grass, and you lift it up, and it's dark, and there's slugs. Remember that as a kid? Oh, yeah. You drop that. I don't want to go in there. Under the kiddie pool or no, whatever, yeah. No, it's not even under, it's, uh, it's plywood. Stay with me it on this. It has to be plywood? <laughs> what did I just say? This is my thing. Sorry. You want to change it into a kiddie pool? You no. Gonna... My God, you thief. I unintentionally peppered it with my childhood. Forgive me. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me have an all-American Mexican cup. Seriously. Mm. I hope you're enjoying so it. So good. Yeah. All right. Well, the reason I was asking I about Letterman Thank before, you. and I misasked the question, which ended up on a gigantic uh, tangent. Did you always know that you wanted to go towards comedy? Did you know at an early age when you were a kid that, oh, I'm going to, that's that's the direction I'm going to head? I love making people laugh. Uh, but uh, as a growing up, I wanted to be an actor. Stand up seemed kind of hard. So I, I wanted to be an actor. And yeah. that's, uh, I went to uh, community college after high school. To go to a major in theater. Is this in New York at this point? Miami. Still Miami. Miami, okay. Miami Dade North Campus. He just built a new wow. theater. Great professors. A great group of people in uh, my class and who would come to audition for plays. I came from an all Catholic uh, grade school, boys and girls, then an all boys Catholic high school. So college was my first non Catholic hmm. institution. And that's where I go, oh, these are my people. Men, women, gay, straight, every ethnicity. Finally got a potpourri. Yeah. Age, you know, some older people in the community would come and audition for plays, uh, people in their 30s. I had cool. kissed my first cougar in college, you huh? know, that kind of thing. <laughs> it was like, it couldn't have been uh, better. It, it, it was just perfect environment for me because I knew the world I grew up in, I really didn't want to be in, mm. you know. Go to school, get married, have kids, and retire. That kind of thing. Get a regular job. Right in the box. Yeah. Not your jam. What? Not your jam. It wasn't my jam, man. <laughs> <laughs> that life was crazy as balls. Oh man. For reals. What are we gonna are we gonna talk like that? I, I'm sorry, you're a young woman. You're uh, not that young a man, but you're a young woman. Yeah, I look a lot older than her, don't mm-hmm. I? It's pretty close. Not a lot older, just a little bit. Um don't beat yourself up. <laughs> I think this whole process is aging both of us. It, it, am I being difficult? No, 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 not today. Yeah. I mean, I mean, having, I've seen having... some of your other guests. It was a drag, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think I'm bringing a little pizzazz. Okay. Should have brought me out with some music. You know, liven it up, confetti. Liven it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have bubbles. Yeah. You want yeah. Some bubbles? There we go. Bubbles. Confetti. I love it. He says confetti. Was that? Did that come with the desk? The d- bubble sure, machine? Sure. Yeah. Of course. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. No. But we had to get them because it's great. I can't believe you <laughs> snagged this Letterman desk. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, not a big bubble fan, but yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you asked for see, I, it's a, everything rhymes. You ask for confetti, I give you bubbles. Everything rhymes? Well, not literally. Okay, not literally. <laughs> not literally. Not literally. All right. Uh, I want to know if you always were going to do this. If you knew at an early age, you like people laughing well, and you wanted to be an actor, but what the hell, how did you get into... It's, it's not that hard a transition from actor to stand-up, it re- I, I don't think. Well, okay. Well, here's what happened. I'll, I'll give you the For whole me, scoop. I think it's usually the other way around, isn't it? Yes. People try to be a stand-up and then they fall into acting somehow? You don't fall into it. you got to hack your way through. Okay. Yeah, but you, I guess you can fall your way into it. That, you know, People on reality shows become actors. 
That's you true. know, hosts become comedians when their managers say, you know, you can make a lot of money in stand-up. Um, no, I started in kindergarten. Um, excuse me. A Catholic uh, high, wow. uh, kindergarten. Uh, we had a uh, graduation ceremony. One boy was would be selected to play the priest. One girl played the nun. And they brought in a huge tape recorder into the uh, kindergarten class. And it was massive. And and I realized, oh, this is show business. And I was one of the last kids to go, so I watched everybody get up. And you had to say your name and speak loudly and clearly. And so all the kids were going up, and I'm back there waiting. I go, this is show business. And so I get up, <laughs> and then they played it back. We all heard our voices for the first time. And then I come on. And then I come on. My name is Alan Havey, <laughs> and everybody looked at me, and I nailed my first audition. So wow. I got cast as a priest. I did the thing, and this is 1960. You know, this is uh, there was an expression back then was more of a real philosophy. Children were seen and not, not heard. heard. Yeah, yeah you you heard you I heard grew, about I grew that. Grew up with it. Yeah. Okay, so so did I. So when you see all these adults looking at you, smiling and laughing, I blew a couple lines. A priest patted me on the head, and said he he was almost as good as me, <laughs> and. And I realized the value, it, it was so much fun to make people laugh. So I told my first joke uh, at the dinner table, and that went over real well. So in class, any opening I got, I looked for. So I've been working at getting laughs since kindergarten. Yeah, you know? school, wow. And uh, were you able to make your teachers laugh as well? Sometimes. Not usually, but they were nuns, some nuns. But, oh, you know, yeah, if you knew you made the teacher laugh. Here's the thing. You can make your parents laugh, and they'd laugh, and then they slap you for being a wise-ass. <laughs> it's no fair. You already laughed. It's mixed messages, man. I gave you joy, <laughs> man. Mixed messages. Yeah, very mixed messages. <laughs> so it really uh, Fs you up for this business. Well, is that part of it, though? It seems like everybody who's in this business uh, started out a little effed up. Everybody who walks the street is effed up. Okay, Everybody in every single occupation, socioeconomic situation – Every demographic, people are screwed up. We're all damaged, which is normal because we're human beings. And it's, uh, you know, life is difficult, you know. I do. I agree with you. Did you always have that perspective? No. Okay. No, did of that, course not. When did you get that? Uh, on the drive over here in the traffic. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, it was really hard. Yeah. I go, wait a minute. Uh, you know, when anybody's like, in, I was inconvenienced. <laughs> I shouldn't be inconvenienced. That's right. No, you grow. Part of that comes with meditation. But I read uh, a book when I was a young man, uh, The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. And it's the first sentence in his life is difficult. It's one before truths from Buddha. Life is suffering. And, I'm, you know, and I said, what, what, what? what? Yeah. And I thought about, oh, no, life is difficult. Once you accept that life is difficult, it actually makes it a little easier for you. There's the understanding, right? You know, um, I tell people, you know, if you crawl out of rubble in L.A. after an earthquake, you can say, you, you can be upset, but you can't say, why me? You can never say, why me, in this world for anything, you know, because, you know, we sit why back. Why you, right? Exactly. Or, well, uh, people use that when they get successful. Well, why not me? It's kind of an ego thing. But, you know, you're, you're in the Midwest, tornadoes, you got floods, you got earthquakes happening in here. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to go far. There's fires north of me in Santa Monica. I see people losing their homes. Oh, yeah. Losing everything, you know? So you can, you know, so I'm very grateful. Gratitude is another thing. 
becomes Again, your meditation. You're saying all the stuff that we uh, agree with and align with nowadays, but that wasn't always the case for us. So I'm just wondering, what, was it the meditation? Did something happen in your life that? that yeah, I was, was grateful before that. Once? That's uh, what I'm wondering. Yeah, when I got to New York, it was like, oh, finally I'm here. Um, I said, what, what can I do? You know, or it was kind of. What can life do for me? From from Miami Dade, did you feel like making it just simply stepping foot in Manhattan? Absolutely. It was the smartest move I ever made. I was just uh, doing a benefit once, and one of the women after the show introduced me to her young daughter. She's like 23, 24. And I said, What are you doing? She was, I moved to New York a year ago, and I thought, the best move you could ever make. Whatever business you're going in, whatever endeavor you wish to do, or if you don't know what you want to do, I say to young people, if you can get some money together, get a roommate, you know. Beg, borrow, or steal. Is that what it is? Yes. Go to New York because that's where life is. And that's where the world is. Interesting. You know, in my opinion. Well, that was your perspective, though, coming from somebody somewhere else moving there. Growing up in the 60s, watching Carson. uh, My dad would wake me up to watch Carson when I was eight, you know. Because well, he, he was somebody on, or it doesn't matter. General? He just liked to have me watching it. So he so loved you went it. to bed at eight o'clock or something, and he wake you. No, up No, I didn't go 30. to bed at eight o'clock. I was a night owl. Uh, well, what? <laughs> I wasn't sleeping. I was in bed. But he would get you up at eleven thirty for Carson. Yeah, yeah, sneak out. He'd go in and take a nap with my mom, and then, <laughs> then we'd go out and watch Carson. Wow. He'd come in and wake me up. You know, the, the joke is, if he had molested me, I'd be an agent. You know? so. <laughs> So I, you, I got lucky. Did you ever get to either be on Carson, see no, Carson? No, no. I, I was on Carson. That's part of a one-man show I'm doing, so I might do that in the future. I may not. It's kind of difficult. But okay. I connect my father and Carson. They're almost like the same person. In wow. Order. Yeah. I did a festival in Johnny Carson's hometown. We all got to sign our names on the on the wall of his childhood home. Was it Omaha, Nebraska? Yeah, outside. Or outside, okay. And uh, I wrote my father's name. Wow. That's how awesome. much. Yeah, that his name was on there. Because my father wanted to be in this business. This is I realized this. describing me as well. My father, and he didn't do it. And I think he lived a life of regret. Yes. And I think he, he was very proud of me, very happy, supportive, but also, in a way, jealous. You know. So your father got to see your successes in the business. He uh, yeah, enough. he saw me on the new show, the Lorne Michaels show. He saw me on that. He saw me perform live a couple times. I did him proud. So that was good. That's really awesome. awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I was with my both my parents at the time of their passing, so I was able to say things to them on their way out. So Holy I don't smokes. have, the, I don't have that. I mean, if you can be with your parents at their moment of passing, as difficult as it is, that saves billions of dollars in therapy. Yeah, you know, if you're that lucky, I was lucky that they didn't go quickly or <laughs> unexpected. My story was very, very parallel, except my dad passed away when I was 18, fresh out of high school, fresh out of doing a little show like this at the high school and the whole thing, and he wanted me, he wanted to see me succeed in it, and I ended up, something happened, and I threw it away for 20 years, and it's only now coming back out. So that's why I'm so interested. Was it a sudden death? Uh, it was yeah, two months. Yeah. It was not a car accident. It was cancer, but it happened real quick. Mm-hmm. What a drag, man. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Um, no, so that's why I was asking. You but about at least he saw you to eighteen and stuff. He he saw you at eighteen. Yeah, I was not. I know people that lost their kid, their parents at seven, at twelve. Yeah, you know. Um, all right. So you love? Did you real quick? Did you see the uh, Paul Reiser show? The uh, Here's Johnny. Or no, the, there's no. Johnny. Here's Johnny. Or whatever it is. There's Johnny. I recommend it. I recommend okay. it. It's on Hulu. It's fun. And yeah, it, yeah. It puts you back in 
1972 when they moved the Tonight Show out here. Okay. It feels very real and not having done it myself, but it feels very authentic. Yeah, I I definitely want to check it out. But there's so much television to watch. There is, you know, people say, have you seen Big Little Eyes? I go, I'd love to. I just don't have the time. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll get to it. I always feel when I'm retired, I can watch Game of Thrones, you know. (laughs) You know, most people say, when you get older, you got to be active. No, when I get older, I want to sit in the house and catch up on all the crap I miss. There isn't enough time. No. We're swimming in content. Yes. Um, all right. Since we're talking late night stuff, uh, talk show stuff. You are. I'm not. I know. You're specifically avoiding it. So I'm a, no, I'm not. I'm not avoiding it. I'm an open nerve. What about uh, 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 your late night talk show, Night After Night? Oh. What about it? Can what we a, talk about that? No. Oh, yeah. We can talk about it. Okay. Let me go back to Letterman for a second. Oh, sure. November 13th, 1986. That was my debut. That was your first. That's how important. I remember the date. Since then, 13's been my lucky number. It has, pr- it has proved to be my lucky number. 2013 is one of my best years ever. So that's when, so Letterman was very important to get on Letterman. Was, uh, did, was that something you worked towards? Or yes. Or did it just pop up? Okay, yes. So I want to be yes. on Letterman. I want to be on Letterman. Oh, no, it was just that. Same, same thing with Mad Men. Really? You know, same thing uh, with, uh, in New York, when I was a young guy, I was frustrated. And I go, I got to do something no one can say no to. Something good. So, you know, if, back then I would have started my own podcast. If there were podcasts, you sure. know. Um, so I decided to train and run the New York Marathon in 1980. And I, di- and I did it. And I'm not that guy. I go, I can't be the guy I was because I was a classic underachiever So what is school. this about, setting a goal and achieving it? E- 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 exactly. Working towards an I got to do this. And so I did it. I did 80, 81, 82. I did. So that was good. I got that out of my system. You did it That really helped. Marathons. Yeah. Holy smokes. But it was the first one that said, I realized... Anything I put my mind to, hmm. I can do eventually. It's going to be hard, but that's, you know. So I, in a way, I had to reinvent myself because I was a underachiever in school. I didn't do well. I, I did two tours in seventh grade. Uh, I, I had well, a uh, – I got a – and looking back, a friend of mine pointed out, I got two concussions in sixth grade, one playing football and one playing with other kids. And I had trouble <laughs> focusing. And I realize now that's probably, probably part of that. the problem. Yes. But also in sixty November of sixty three, my dad took uh, my brother, and my other, uh, my two sisters to the airport to see John Kennedy. Whoa! And we saw Kennedy Hughes with Jackie. What, like at the fence, you're looking. Yeah. Like, oh wow. No, I, I tried to get my brother got up and shook his hand. My old, older brother Steve, classic overachiever, by the way. <laughs> um, oh, that's Steve. But I'm looking at Kennedy. We're Catholics. He's the closest thing to Jesus I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. He's in color. First time I saw him in right. color. Oh, you my know. God. Not on television. And three days later, he was assassinated in Dallas. So that was huge in my life. Well, that's so close. Yeah. And I didn't realize it then. But I realize now, when did the apathy start? And it was like when uh, the nuns, the priests, my parents, Walter Cronkite, could not explain to me why he was shot. Why the most powerful Catholic in the world and man in the world was killed he was Catholic. I thought God watched over him. You know, so that's when I realized this is bullshit. I didn't articulate that then, but I think it clicked in. No, this is the, the lifted for you. Yeah, the, the the world doesn't work the way I've been taught because I played the game. Right, He's a good boy. I studied hard. I figure I'll go to heaven. You know, everything is going to work out. It doesn't. And when he took that, that was huge, huge, shattered my whole world. Yeah, 
and everyone else's. Life at you time, know, I would imagine. What? It's the biggest uh, uh, time stamp in in your life at that point, right? At that point, it affected everybody. Yeah. Well, the graduation, then the assassination, then the Beatles came. Yeah, in '64. Well, right. No, uh, February okay. of '64, and of course Cassius Clay beating Sonny Liston. That was huge. A.K.A. Muhammad Ali. A.K.A. Muhammad Ali. But I remember Cassius Clay because he was a little guy com- compared to Sonny Liston, and the little guy won. You know, people kept saying, oh, Cassius Clay is too skinny. Of course he wasn't, but compared to Liston, nobody thought he would win, and he did. Do you know much about sports? I mean, you're mentioning boxing. A little bit, you know yeah. Little no, bit? I like sports. Okay. Uh, Keith Olbermann and I are buddies. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, he used to be a local anchor out here at KTLA. Channel I Five. Know I know you didn't do your homework. Well, You're sitting there talking about Keith up. Oberman. Wasn't he? What, am I wrong though? Wasn't he on uh, at ESPN up in Connecticut? Yeah. Then he went okay. to ESPN. That's where I came in. And then he went to MSNBC. And then he and then he went to GQ Television. Oh. Then he's back at ESPN now. Okay. Dropping in and yeah, it's great this uh, dog and cat thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. It is. He's uh, raising uh, a lot of awareness for yeah. It. yeah. I don't understand. And he's a powerful, intelligent guy. Very knowledgeable about a lot of things. Yeah. History, entertainment, it seems that sports, he knows a lot about even this stuff. He's what uh, talk shows and this whole variety. Yes, he knows. He knows he, uh, uh, and uh, he's just very smart, very knowledgeable. So I've, I've been a big fan, and he doesn't pull his punches. How do you know him? Uh, he gave us a favorable review on Night After Night, my talk show, and so I sent him a letter. I called him or something like that. So we had dinner, and then we became friends. You know. Over the years, haven't seen him in a while, but he's always had me on his show. I had him as an audience of one member. Did you really? He still has the hat. Come on. No, he's that's how he's kind of a geek that way. This was a running gag on his uh, show. Uh, Was it weekly? Weekly? It was no. It was was nightly. It was nightly. Night after night. It wasn't a gag. We had an audience of one. And it was on HBO. No, it was on Comedy uh, Channel, then Comedy Central. Central. That's right. Yeah. Comedy Channel that became Comedy Central yeah. later. Yeah, we made the transition, ran just over three years. I remember the show. I, re- I remember it. I was obsessed at that time with all of this stuff. So I watched everything that was a talk show or everything that looked like one. People your age in the business come up occasionally and say how much uh, they love the show and stuff like that. It's very gratifying. Yeah? We had a lot of fun. I was with good producers, good writers, good good crew. It was it was a lot of fun. I watched your last episode this morning in preparation ah, for you arriving, yeah. which is mainly a clip show. Of, right, you know, sort of the best ofs. Uh, I couldn't believe the amount of people you had on that yeah. show, and I guess a nightly show for three years. You did a shit ton of episodes. I'm guessing five six hundred episodes, like four sixty five, something like that, four seventy. Wow! How yeah. did doing the nightly grind work for you? It was difficult. You know, okay. uh, I didn't want you to do f- it. Four a week or full five? Five, and I think it went to four later. But um, it's not something I wanted to do. So when I auditioned, I didn't give a crap, and I think that's appealed to them. That's probably you know, why you got, got it. I was, yeah. At the time, I was smoking, and you know, uh, but it worked out, and we had fun. You know, did you enjoy that show? I mean, for I the most of it. I mean, it was tough because good... there was uh, an original producer on the show who kind of started other shows, so I felt kind of abandoned, oh. and I was kind of watching my back. And I had anger issues, which, you know, from my father, who was very loving but also very angry. So I was taught by a master how to lose your shit yeah. at the drop of a paper clip. You betcha. You know? I know that. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the most part, we had a good time on the show. And everybody that worked on the show has gone on to do uh, bigger and better things. Creatively, was that a lot of you? 
was what that yeah, show a little bit was. of me, yeah. But uh, it's you know Carson said something interesting. Getting back to Johnny Carson, he said the show is the man is about the man behind the desk. So it was an offshoot of my interests, and then the writers, of course, and the producers producers would suggest stuff and. But everything, even the way your set was set up, you had the desk and you had the chairs, but they weren't set up like the desk and chairs. You set it up almost like an office or a. De- it, it was like behind a me. Office. I wanted my chair to be in front of the desk. Yes. I had a little bed there in case I wanted to take a nap. It was a great set. <laughs> had, yeah, it, it was, was anti talk. Yeah, it was, you uh, still had all the pieces, but they were set up differently. Yeah, uh, Nick Miller uh, designed and built the set, and he came in and did that, and the Where'd, lighting was great. Where'd you do it? We did it at 23rd Street, HBO Downtown Studios. I don't know what they use it for now. In New, New York? York? Yeah, oh, New no York. Kidding. So that was I great. It was out here. That's great. And I got car service home every night, so that was fun. You know, I made you know some nice money. I met a few girls. Everything was great. Did you live in the city when you were doing the show? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> and I was doing stand-up every weekend oh, God. because I wasn't going to give up stand-up. Did that make you even bigger? Because here's the guy. He's hey, doing my ego was huge. Show. Yeah. Can you imagine the ego? Well, no. I'm oh. being serious because it would it would inflate mine a little bit. Oh I think. yeah, You'd have well to keep it, keep an eye on it. Yeah, but I also realize all this is going to end someday, so enjoy it. You I didn't think it would go on forever. I knew that, you know, all thing this too shall pass. You know, the whole Abraham Lincoln wisdom. So there were many many uh, times going home. This is great. I was, love this. Was three years about right for you then? Yeah, I could have gone on a couple more. Oh really? You know, yeah, it's it's like Coke. So a couple more lines. Oh, so you, you did know. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I enjoyed it. The grind. I enjoyed uh, running it and uh, working with people and, uh, you know, meeting guests. We had Tupac Shakur on before oh, he, wow. he hit. did? Yeah. That's can't find the interview. It's so, uh, you know, I can find Nipsey Russell, but I can't find Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> um, so young guys go, you, you interviewed Tupac? you got to get that interview. It's, it's, out it's out there. Yeah, somewhere. it's out there somewhere. I don't watch the show. I don't... I, you know, someone just told me recently that uh, this Bob Dylan fan f- tracked down all of his set lists, like, in his whole career. Wow. And he Whoa. put them in a binder, and he g- collected them, and someone who knew Dylan got him onto his tour bus at some city, and he went in, and he goes, and he handed it to Bob Dylan, no. and uh, supposedely <laughs> Dylan said, nostalgia's death, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's funny. When I was younger, I was more nostalgic, even in my oh, teens, in my 20s, and I'm much less nostalgic now. I'm finding that only recently with me shedding a little bit of it because I am very nostalgic also. Yeah. Do you think part of that is age and seeing that everything is sort of cyclical and nothing does last forever? See, it's I guess. Dealing I, with loss, watching things go away. Yeah, I try not to think about it or analyze it. I just accept okay. it, Okay. you know, because, yeah, I'm, I'm not into, hey, let's get together i went to one high school reunion 20 year it was great i don't want to go back you're good i've never done yeah i'm good and especially with facebook okay (laughs) you're doing this your kid got a plaque good for you blah 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 you know we need to talk about it yeah we know (laughs) you know here's the thing kids when you go to your high school reunion where's my camera do i have a camera i'm looking straight into where which one this one uh you go back to your high school reunion when people are start to sing commercial jingles that's time to leave. Time to go. <laughs> or TV show jingles, that's time to leave. Just sing one and then put your drink down and get the hell out of there. You it know? takes a turn at that point? Yeah. No, I just, you know, it was fun, though. I, I went to, that's another thing I'm very fortunate. went to uh, grade school, high school, and college with good people. I was around good people. So 
That on was, purpose or just that's no, a, that's I didn't that pick them out. Yeah, yeah. I went to a few classrooms and looked around. And went, no, not these. Well, no, but not you choose who you associate with. Not in school. They put you in school. If you, if you, when I entered college, I didn't choose. I just this is a group of people in my class, wow. you know, that I'm around doing projects with. So I was fortunate, you know, talented people, uh, more passionate people, ambitious, great. But they were, I guess the main thing would be passionate about what they were doing, taking it seriously. That's awesome. Having fun, but taking it seriously. So I learned a lot. Is that something you relate to? I mean, you take, it seems like you take all of your work seriously just from the, watching it. Not as serious as, you know, yeah, I guess I do. I, you know, I mean, the letter. if you take something that you, 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 and work towards it. I mean, if you wanted to get on Letterman and then you worked your ass off to go do it. You want it to be it. good. Yeah. See, you want, you want to do good work. When I uh, do stand up. I just finished a week in Vegas at the Comedy Cellar there. Nice. Two shows a night, How's seven nights. How's the new nights. room? That's a new room. It's great. You're good. But yours, these people are not going to, maybe most of these people are never going to see you again, so you want to do a good job. It's their night out. It's their night out, and they're, you're doing, it's you have a responsibility right? to do a good job, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I enjoy being a professional because I, I learned all the rules when I was a kid watching Carson. Mm. Before before I hit the age of fifteen, I knew all the rules of show business, all the protocol. What do you mean by that? By watching Carson, uh, you watching the old guys? Yeah, like the old. Uh, uh, you, you get to the show on time, no matter what it takes. Mm-hmm. You're if you're sick, you go on. Uh, you know your lines, and it's all pretty basic and simple. Yeah, it sounds it. It's not always up. easy. I no, it's do, not easy, I but it's not, it it's not much. complicated. Right. Get like today. It was very important for me to get here on time. Now it's you guys would be fine. Hey, it's in our home. You're 15 minutes late. That's one thing. But then you get into a habit. Yes. You know you got to. I agree with you 100. percent Yeah. If you want to practice being a professional, if you want to be a professional, practice being a professional. If you want to be a nice person, practice being a nice person, even though you may not be. You know. It's so impressive to me. What is? Uh, you're much because I'm a nice guy. Yeah, you're much more multifaceted. <laughs> There's so much things. more to you than I thought that there would be just from the work. Depth, baby. That's it. When I, you, I didn't want to say it. When you can, exactly when you can it. fake depth. You oh, I made. see. It's fake depth. Mm. Um, all right, Seinfeld, Kirby enthusiasm on the way to Mad Men. Just that's where I want to go. Okay. Sure. Uh, I'm conscientious of your time. Um, Seinfeld. Look how fascinating Sein- I am. Seinfeld. Jesus is a, Christ. Is a big it time deal. is flying by. Have you laughed this hard? When was the last time you laughed this hard? Nicole. It's been a while. Yeah. (laughs) I enjoy making people laugh. You're good at it. You should. Well, thanks. But, you know, everybody does. Did you enjoy your first Letterman? Did you like the... the, Yeah, I was on fire nerves. But, yeah, I was present. But it was was so exciting, so scary. All the emotions. Boom, 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 boom. This is it. Being in that NBC room was something special, wasn't oh, it? Yeah. Wasn't there something about the energy in that? In 30 that Rock. Yeah. In the building. That's what and I And I'd worked there uh, a couple years before on Lorne Michaels' show, the new show. We did, you know, it was, it was almost the same. You mentioned that before. I didn't know what that was, the yeah, new show. Yeah, because you don't do your homework. Template. I'm kidding. He's so, he's so much fun. <laughs> you, you married the right guy. Just, I did. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> it was a sh- the show Lorne Michaels did after he originally left SNL. He started it in 1984. It ran for 12 weeks, but I was one of the junior players on it, and so that was fun. So I'd worked in 30 Rock. That was right before. before he came back to SNL. Yeah, and then a couple years later after that, he came back to SNL. Um, but, yeah, it was exciting to be there, and Biff came backstage and said, you got to shave a minute off your set. And I'd already had the minute ready to jettison. Oh, 
You already knew. I already knew. I planned out the set in case they asked me to do short time because I heard that's what they did. Oh, okay. I went the night before. Uh, Dennis Miller worked at SNL. He walked me into the 30 Rock, and I stood in the spot the night before. You are so effing smart. So you no, no, it's not smart. I did that in first. college, man. If I had to take an exam, I'd go to the school at night the night before, sit in the desk I would sit at, and study for the exam. That way, when I got to that desk, You're I was not comfortable. feeling it the first time. Yeah, exactly. But so still, impressed. I was. But you didn't. These are little things, man. Little things that people do. Oh, yeah, that but little, man, they, that's a big deal to me. There are little things that a lot of people don't know. So I love that you knew them and you talk about them. Yeah, yeah. That's what it, I mean. You did it conscientiously. A, it wasn't like, a, and they let me in, and it ended up working out well because I was more comfortable when I did it. I mean, you went there to to. Yeah, make no, it was uh, because I had seen people that had died on Waterman. They looked. Un- Excuse me. <laughs> they, looked, <laughs> they looked. They looked uncomfortable. You know. I wanted to come here last night and sit in the chair while you guys were sleeping. <laughs> Break oh. into the house and you. What are you doing here? This is my homework, man. Yo, I would have paid. Go back to bed. I'm not stealing it. I take one lava lamp. That's it. <laughs> so I went the the night before, and so I was comfortable, and it, and it went really well. Yeah. But while I was doing it, I knew it was going well, so I was kind of split. Oh man. You know. Of enjoying Instead it, of being working. present, yeah, you know. Uh, it was fun. Oh, I, I took, uh, I, I was able to do 10, like I said earlier. It was a point of pride to get on that show. That's so cool. Uh, and you did panel, too. Yeah, I did a little panel. Yeah. I did Paul Harvey once, cracked him up on, you, on panel. Paul Harvey, good day. Yeah, you know, the Albertson kids <laughs> of Duluth, Minnesota have never had ice cream. I said never had ice cream. The sweet summer treat we all eat. They never had till their mother died the father took the kids down to the local ice cream store on the way the car turned burned five dead page two and and when i was doing that letterman was cracking up who paul harvey yeah this is identical this is exactly i mean i heard him on a little transistor radio my grandfather yeah yeah but letterman was cracking up the whole time so that that was it was fun to make him laugh you know it was a a point of pride to hear letterman laugh you know because he had yeah, he's there every night. He hears all, all kinds of That's comedians. like making the teacher laugh. Yes. I think. Yeah. Wow. A little bit better with Letterman, but yeah, I get your point. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can make you a You see it all, and then host he, everything. Letterman's not going to laugh for you. Yeah. He's laughing because it's funny. No, no. He, he, he's not going to fake laugh for you. No Let reason Let me help to. the kid out. Right. You know. Right. No. He doesn't do that. Uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't. Letterman? I mean, uh, uh, Seinfeld? Yeah. Just because it was uh, uh, one of the biggest shows of all oh, time. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. What did you, you do work on towards it? that as well? Or was that I, one of those I put it in. I took put the it audition. On, I put it on my vision board. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I did. I, you know. And uh, uh, I got on the show, so that was nice. And I've known Larry and Jerry for years. Okay. I, they were two of my favorite comedians when I was a young comedian. Couldn't be more different. And th- when they hit on Seinfeld, I said, this business works. Because you They're, thought they should Ray Romano. It. This business works. John Stewart, this business works. Wow. You knew the funny. Yeah, I knew they were good and they're talented, and of course, they stayed with it, got the breaks, and used it. Yeah. That's yeah. why you know comedy. Hey, oh. No! <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish. Mad Men. You, oh. can see, you can look around here, you see, I'm, I was influenced by that show. Just uh, yeah. it, it, it captured an era that uh, I, I grew up with my dad talking about. My dad did his apprenticeship. But you weren't Madison there during Abbey. that era. No. What year were you born? 77. Okay. Way, seven years after Mad Men ended, you were born. Yeah. Let me tell you something, kid. <laughs> I grew up, I was Sally's age, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, the sure. Uh, the daughter. Yeah. 
Okay. Karen Shipka. I was uh, her age. Don Draper's daughter. Yeah. So I was. Oh, you've got a great scene with her. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to work with her too, and it happened. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. So Mad Men, my wife and I, it was our favorite show. Absolutely. Oh, wow. I didn't watch it because I didn't like AMC because they cut up movies. That's me too. And someone said, you got to watch the show. <laughs> I said, okay. So I went on demand. I It was six episodes already the first season. That was six hours out of my day. It was like I couldn't get away. Couldn't then my off. wife came home and we watched it together. Excuse me. Was it the story or the visual stimulation? Everything. Yeah. Everything about the show. It was beautifully Tone. intertwined. Everything about the show hit me in the gut. And, of course, it was a fantastic show. Yeah. That era. If it had been a okay show, I still would have watched I'm it. The, you know? the exact same way. Um, I watched Pan Am, too. It's just I love that era. So I know uh, my manager, Naomi Odenkirk, she knew Matt Weiner. And I said, just get me in the room. I got to get on the show. They got me an audition for the opening of season two, playing the doctor that talks to Liz when she just had the baby. Mm-hmm. Didn't get that part, good. but it was a good audition. Tiny, tiny part. Yeah. That, there, isn't, there are no tiny sorry, parts. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> are, you know, who some actor who, who did that part is watching this going, oh, tiny part. He learned and then he's going to snap and get a gun and go down to the mall. For you, this worked out better for you. <laughs> but you're right. Um and so I came in, I did uh, I did it, I got the part, it was great, worked my ass off, and uh, then they brought the character back later that season, oh, okay. And then I had to re-audition to play Lou, because Matt Weiner saw my manager at a bar mitzvah, or bat mitzvah, and he goes, can Alan Havy really act? And she said, yeah, because I know Louie's improvised. She goes, no, Louie's scripted, because I had done Louie's show. And on the Louis FX, sh- uh, show, yeah, yep. and on that show, I wore a cardigan, and I parted my hair, like combed it. Usually, I comb it straight back, car- like this way, just in case the Mad Men producers, because I knew that it was a big industry show. So that was kind of like my first visual audition. You are so gosh darn <laughs> I, I, right, Mister <laughs> Strategy over here. And then, uh, then I got I auditioned and re-auditioned for the show to play Lou, and well, it worked out. Well, if I, if was, I remember, you talk about nerves. You talk about nerves, really? being on your favorite show and just containing your excitement. Hey, man, I love you. And you're auditioning to keep your role, essentially, right? Yes, I am. Because uh, if it hadn't gone, if I had, in the first day, they shot all my scenes in sequence. And I'm convinced if I had done a half-assed job, John Lithgow would have been Lou Avery. Or they would have just, they would have grabbed, you know, let's just spend the money. Let's get a good actor in here. This guy can't cut it. But it worked out. Liz Moss was great to me. John Hamm, Slattery, Rich. The whole cast was, you know, they didn't like, okay, you're new, we're going to help you. They just right. assumed if you're here. You can swim. Yes. No coddling. Yeah. And I, I didn't ask so for coddling. Good. I didn't get coddling. Uh, the crew was great. There wasn't a bad, and it just kept getting better and better and better with just each episode. Just to be episode. on those sets, living that life in those those, those outfits, that wardrobe, the, ha- the whole I, thing. I, I get chill. I'm, I, it's never going to go away, the enjoyment. And you got some good work to do on that. Yes, you know, thank God. I had work to do because I, I had to concentrate other than, and I couldn't tell anybody. Oh, because it's so I lied to advance. everybody but my wife, which is unusual, as you know, in a marriage. <laughs> So I couldn't, I signed a very serious NDA. Matt Weiner is very strict. I told nobody. My brother said, listen, are you doing me? You can tell me. I go, if I told you, of course I'd tell you. I lied to my brother. Wow. I, I lost a friendship because of it. But out of fear, you don't want this Whoa. to, you don't yeah. want to blow this. You don't want to blow this. No. Yeah, priorities. No. I, so I had contained everything. And as an actor, it was great. Because you didn't talk about it. 
I'd come home. My wife said, how'd it go? Went great. That's all. Oh, wow. That's all we said. Compartmentalization. She, she, yeah, she knew. She didn't want to know because she watched the show. She didn't read the script. A couple times she read some scenes with me, but mostly I kept it away right, from Right, as her. a fan of the show, you want to experience the show. Exactly. Billions. I'm on Billions now. I don't go to the table reads because they hold them in New York. So when they send me stuff, I just look for my part. I read that, get it down. If I need to know anything, I'll ask. That way I can watch the show as a fan. It's wow. the best of both worlds. That's the way to do so it. so cool. But I, 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 God, I love being on Mad Men. I think of the, uh, was it, I, I, I don't remember what the name of the cartoon was, but you were you were uh, writing a, a cartoons, like a Beetle Bailey type of uh, cartoon as well. Uh, I thought you were a Mad Men fan. Is, is that wrong? That is so wrong. What was it? Scout's Honor. Oh, that's right. Well, I knew it was your own My. version. It was your character's own version. My characters, yeah. I, you know. Yeah. The, uh, the, the writers did everything. The, so, all right. For anybody who hasn't seen Mad Men, you should go watch it. But essentially, this guy... No, 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 don't, don't. We can say, can't we say? No, we can't. Oh, we can't say Let that. people watch the show. Okay, all right. Let people watch the show. A few years, right? I mean, it's, it's, the writing was perfect. Direction was clear. The other actors were rock solid. It was almost right. effortless. If, if right. I didn't, I didn't have to, you know, I just got my stuff down and was able to, I, it wasn't like, oh, so it was hard work, but God, I loved it. God, it's great. I, yeah. The character whose shoes you had to fill on the show, story-wise, are big ones. No, so no, yes, fuck him. Were. He was yes, a lush. <laughs> he was a womanizer. <laughs> Lou had, uh, he had morals. Lou was a professional. This fucking drunkard, <laughs> pussy hound. Not Lou. People always say, you know, uh, yeah. So, uh, billions. Damon Lewis, right? Damien. Damien Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Uh, Homeland. How is Billions? I like it. I, it's it's a great I, set. But you said you watched the show as well. I haven't actually seen. Yeah, it. Uh, no. I, most of my scenes were with Paul Giamatti. Oh, he's who's great. Love the, that guy. nice guy. Yeah, not only that, really good acting. I'm learning a lot from him just watching him. You know, he loves to run lines. I like to run lines. Oh, wow. He's really good. Oh, you're both Mr. Preparations. Yeah, I mean, you know, mine's from theater. I'm sure his is. You know, we didn't get to that. Did you do a lot of theater? Yeah. Well, uh, in. Uh, I came college, through theater in as college. Well, just black box theater, not, hello. Not a lot in New York because I got off in stand-up. Mm -hmm. And when I got in stand-up, I go, well, this satisfies everything. Yeah, a little bit I can write. I'm producing it. I'm acting in it. Acting you know. and I'm on stage. Yeah. Wow. So I'm getting the attention I need. I need attention. Is there anything that you uh, – you talk about those three or four things I mentioned that you said, yeah, I wanted to do that and I worked towards it. Is there anything currently that's out there that you want to work towards? Yeah, but I won't talk about it. Oh, you know, look at you. I'll talk to myself about it, but now I can say, here's what I want to do. But there are, but there are oh, projects yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. So you're always future thinking, future planning. Well, I, I, I stay present, but I, I said, okay, I just put it out there. This is what I want to do, and I'll do it until I can't, until I don't. What, what is it? Like, I, there are certain individuals I've wanted to work with over the years. A few have died. Okay, that's gone. Just keep going ahead. Right. You know? Don't put too much energy towards that. No. Can't change it. No. I mean, here's the thing. When I just had a young guy, uh, 37, um, say to me, you know, he wants to act more. He wants to do more. And I said, here's the thing. The, if you want a lot out of life, you've got to start back at base camp. Go inside. Change things mm -hmm. about yourself that you're unhappy with. Either you're smoking or drinking or you want to get in better shape or you want to be a better person. If you work on yourself... You'll get more. 
it it it, it really works that way. Yeah. I I know it sounds all no, spiritually uh, and stuff like that, but yeah. it's great advice. We tell people all the time, do it, the work. It, it it works. Do the work. I'm living proof, and I'm not the only guy. I've learned from other people. So, gosh, well, I'm 64, you know, too. I've been How do you around. Feel at 64, I feel great. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel 64? Do you feel like what you do? Well, you know when you're lying when your voice goes up, I feel great. 64 is great. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Never been better. Nicole, could you help me down on the car, please? <laughs> you got it. Uh, I hope that you have- Yeah, I feel great. That's because I drink Mexican Coca-Cola with real pure cane sugar. Yo, man, Look, you, you wanted to die, Coke. What? You at least know. I, I know you, what. you at least know what that is. A lot of people, oh, it's Coke out of the bottle. They don't know that there's any difference. Or people say, call Mexican Coke. Don't be racist. Stop. You know, like the Indian, uh, the Cleveland racist. Indian, it's this big, smiling, brave. Look at, look at fucking Bob Big Boy. Big old white, fat guy out there with a goofy haircut. That's not the way all white guys are, you know. <laughs> don't Based get caught up in, in logos and icons. Get caught up with people, you know. If if people oh th- this this logo is racist it's like no, no no just don't be a racist and you know you want to you know you want to put that en- energy into going down to the immigration camps and passing out food or or voting or becoming active in your community that's what you do you don't sit on fucking Facebook <laughs> white male privilege great okay fine. <laughs> well, this all goes back to do the work inside. Yes. Once you do, or, and, what you put you know, out is much, much better. Yes, and in your community, you know. Um, yeah. Definitely should wrap it up, but you just mentioned a couple things that made me think. Uh, is there anybody in comedy that you like now that you're watching? Is there anybody well, that you so like? Many. Young, young, so of the, many. Of the, of the, of the current yes. generation? Who are, you, who are you watching? Joe List, Adrian LaPellucci, uh, Carmen uh, Lynch, uh, Gary Goldman. Uh, I really enjoy his work. Uh, God, there's a lot. There's uh, a lot of Marina people Franklin. I don't even know that you? Just yeah, mentioned. no. There's there's a lot of good young comics out there, uh, and I have I've, that's just the tip of the iceberg. So you know, I have a lot of favorites. Do you still go up and do you still do sets? Yeah, you do. I just got back from Vegas last week. Well, no, that's sorry. I go that's to the like com- a touring thing. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, do you go in town and do a set? Yeah, I go to Hermosa practically oh, okay. every weekend I can. Oh, and it's the a comedy ten, magic club. What? Yeah, and it's a ten comic night, so I that's where I see new comedians or comedians I don't know. What night do you usually do that? Uh, Friday, Saturday. One of those. I'm uh, headlining Thursday, September nineteenth. There. Okay. Later this year, I'm going well, to. That's gl- a great time. Let's hit some dates. What do we have? Dates I'm, and social media. I'm going. You just go on my website, alanhavy.com. There we go. Going to Glasgow, London, and Manchester. I was in Berlin recently Berlin? in April. No kidding. Yeah, Berlin. <laughs> The the comedian there with the most experience is maybe eight years. It's a young raw comedy town. There's no gatekeepers. They they it's do. still newish there. Yes. Yeah? So if you're a young comic and you don't want to worry about when am I going to get on TV, help go to Berlin, man. Great town. <laughs> go to Germany. Great, great comedians. <laughs> they had a, a Letterman too, didn't they? They had a Harold Schmidt was their Letterman. Had the same set and the same guy and the whole thing. Well, you can go replicate your life all there. All right, then. all right. <laughs> Aren't you just happy being the Toluca Lake guy with the Letterman desk? Is that the same microphone, too? It sure is. Those are the microphones I grew up as a kid. I thought those were so cool. Yeah. I'm and that's why Letterman had it. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's why I have it. Okay. <laughs> um, what else? How you doing, Alan Havy? How, how's this experience been for you? We're, we're done. We're wrapping it up right now. Good. How's this experience? Yeah. Have you enjoyed it at all? Yeah, it's the same old shit I talk about. I'm really tired about talking about myself. That's why I have a cat. 
Would you ever consider doing one of these again? Doing a talk show? The money's right. That's what it comes down and to. I'm, you know, and I'm creatively free, which a uh, great thing, thing about Night After Night down at HBO, 23rd Street. Kudos to them. Free reign. That's what I was getting at. We weren't creatively for. held in. I it think was that brilliant. show could work now. I think your yeah. old show could work now. It is working now. Other people ripped it off. You know? Look really? at you. Who? You. You think? <laughs> no. no. I think this looks a little bit of a bunch of things, but it really is closer to Tom Snyder than anything else or Joe Franklin or something. You know it would be sad if this wasn't going out? You guys just did this every week. That's it. it was, We've got the biggest names no, of comedy coming there's in. There's no podcast. Everything here is fake. Yeah. This doesn't go out. No. You just do it to feel good. This yeah. was a great yeah, time I mean, having this conversation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's as been, if. <laughs> this, uh, no, this has been a lot of fun. Did you get the blue cards, too? Of course we got the blue cards. Yeah. No, did you get them from Wettering? Oh, no. I thought maybe they had a big stack. Surplus? Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. so funny. Uh, Alan Havey, thank you so much for coming today. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate this lot. conversation, yeah. and I really appreciate your work over the years. I, well, thank I, you. I, I, there have been a lot of people who've sat here, but I genuinely mean I've seen your first Letterman appearance and m- a lot of the stuff you've done since. Fuck I really, those really... other people that have been here before. <laughs> this okay. is it. This is like a breakthrough for you, isn't it? Is it? Maybe. We'll see. I'll know later after I... Anyway. Oh, you, you mentioned I'm on the show. Oh, it's going to come in. Don't oh, is up. that it? Oh, the quality of guest. Maybe we'll start putting them out for people. I, I, I give it a shot. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I had a good time. Mrs. Ryan, who do we have tomorrow? Jamie Lynn. Oh, tomorrow's Jamie Lynn Siegler. Oh, that's going to be good. Oh, that's fantastic. Good. Yeah. Meadow yeah. Soprano? Yeah. No. Did you watch The Sopranos? Yes, I did. <laughs> Sorry. Not a Game of Thrones guy. <laughs> no, me neither. Yeah. We haven't seen it. Mrs. Ryan, I love you so much. Alan Havey, we love you so much. Really? We love yeah. everybody at home. I, Please we have a poster. <laughs> we will be back tomorrow with Jamie Lynn Siegler. See you then. You're clear. You're clear. The first, the, I broke the fun.